0: I'm Craig Beaumont Flynn. Welcome to Beyond the Design, a show that gives you a peek behind the curtain of the design industry and shares the stories of those that are the driving force behind it. Well, welcome to Beyond the Design today. We have Jay Jeffers. Hello, Jay. How are you?
1: Good, good. How are you?
0: Good, good. Well, why don't we just start off and you can share your journey and how you got involved in the interior design field.
1: Sure, sure. This is, um, well, next year will be 25 years for my own business, um, but wow. this is a second career for me. I have a degree in international business and marketing. Didn't really know what my path was going to be, but I kind of got into marketing advertising when I was in school and thought, okay, that's a way I can be creative, but also be in the business world, that sort of thing. So I thought, I was going to have my own ad agency and I moved, I grew up in Texas and I moved to San Francisco in my twenties because well, a, I was going to get out of Texas. I knew that, but also <laughs> San Francisco was sort of like a hotbed of incredible advertising, you know, foot cone building was doing Levi's and could Silverstein was doing the got milk and all of those things were happening in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So I moved here. Um, Ended up working for a small ad agency and then ended up working for The Gap in their corporate headquarters in advertising. But my job wasn't so creative. I was more in the media relations world and um, I was kind of trying to find my path. I was like, I wanted to do something that something for a living that I love to do. I did not want to be one of those people that like couldn't wait for Friday or for the weekend because they right. didn't want to be at work kind of a thing. And I went through, this is going to age me because there was no internet. I went through a course schedule, actual catalog and took a, um, and there was an introduction to interior design class starting the next week through Berkeley extension. And there was space in the class and I took the class and I, it was the first time I thought, I think I can make a living doing something that I enjoy doing. And I think I might be kind of good at this. <laughs> and, um, And went and talked to, I had a very cool boss at the Gap at the time. We were working on the old Navy division had just started. We were in media relations for that and we needed to bring more people on. So I told her I was going back to school. I was going to change my life, but could I cut down my hours here and help train my replacement for a year or for a little while while I'm getting my feet wet. So I ended up working for uh, the Gap part-time. I ended up Mm. going to school at night. I ended up working for a one man design firm in San Francisco for a little bit, all those simultaneously. And then, and this was like right at the beginning of the very first dot com boom. And Richard Witzel was my mentor who I worked for. And um, I ended up going to work for him full time and took his business to the next level. And I think when I left, he had 10 people and was uh, a thriving firm. And um, then on in 1999, I went out on my own and started my own thing.
0: Wow. Quite, quite the career. It, it's fascinating to me because a lot of the designers that I've talked to in the past year their first career was something completely different and they just kind of fell into it because they wanted to be more visual, more hands-on, more uh, inspiring, you know, visually and creatively. And they all fell into interior design. Yeah. Interesting. I don't,
1: I don't know if I'm the same, but I sort of growing up in Texas, like architecture was a career. Mm -hmm. And actually when I was younger, I thought I was going to be an architect at one point, but interior design wasn't really something that I knew anything about. I didn't know anybody who's, had an interior designer. My mother did all of our decorating with my help, of course, you know, and I think <laughs> all of my friends' mothers decorated their homes instead of having an interior, design to, an interior designer to help. So it was sort of like a a new thing when I was like, oh, this is something that somebody does for a living that mm-hmm. <laughs> um, helps people make things beautiful. So.
0: so is there a Jay Jeffers aesthetic or um, curated design that you kind of follow through and sell your clients or is it more about the client's location, uh, their lifestyle? How do you infuse your design aesthetics? It's a little
1: bit of everything. I always said that I don't really have an aesthetic, but that's actually not true. I, I, (laughs) I I have a little bit of a look. I do enjoy some color and some pattern and that sort of thing. But I also enjoy doing neutral things in terms Mm -hmm. of interior design. I just don't get hired for those things very much, but I've always said the most important thing is the client. And then architecture and geographic location all play into it. You know, I'm going to do even for the same client, I'm going to do a very different project in a city that I might do in the Napa Valley or on a beach because it's just a different way of living. It's just a different aesthetic, that sort of thing. Um, But I've always loved the sort of collected feeling in a home. Like I want a home to feel like when you walk in that, You've been collecting things for years, even if that's something that I help a client do, you know, over the year of a project or two years or five years of a project. um, I want it to feel immediately collected over time. I think art is super important. Accessories are super important. You know, having those special things that tell a story about your life is very Mm -hmm. important for, for every client. So that's a running theme that's throughout the projects, whether they are, you know, a lot of color or a little bit of color or very sort of um, maximalism or I'm not really a minimalist but you know in my world minimalism is maybe three books on the cabinet instead of one book on the cabinet or something
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the key factors you consider when designing a space to ensure functionality and aesthetics you talk about art and other things so what's your process in that
1: I'm very involved in the function of it I think about how a person lives, how a family lives, if it's a family, what the room is and how it's going to function. You know, do you need, you know, seating in a family room for four people or do you need it for 12? You know, when your mm-hmm. kids are young and they're gonna become teenagers soon, do you want all the kids to come to your house? Which so many of you, my clients say, I want all the kids at our house, you know, or do you want the kids to go, you want the kids not at your house? And right, sort of right. planning for those kind of things and the functionality of all of that, you know, I'm so sort of very specific on how high an ottoman is next to a a chair or how high the coffee table is in the living room and that sort of thing. So it's always something I pay very much attention to, um, whether it's designing something from scratch from the ground up, or if it's remodeling, is it, you know, I've always thought getting the bones of the place right is the most important thing before you decorate. Mm -hmm. So I will say over my 25 years, you know, I've come into clients' homes and said like, you know, I know we weren't thinking about this, but what if we move (laughs) this wall this way? And what if we do this, this, it's going to change this in this way. And most of the time, most of the time my clients will do it. And so we'll get the bones right so that the flow of the house feels good and feels energetically proportionate and that sort of thing and then decorate and the decorating is obviously comfort plays a factor into it I'm mm-hmm. um, you know the these days many years ago my clients used to we used to go to all the showrooms and sit in everything and sit test it all and these days you just don't have that people don't have the time to do it but also right. showrooms aren't quite as robust as they have been in the past and the the the, the piece may not be on the floor so the question I always get from clients is, is it comfortable? So we play the comfort factor very, Mm -hmm. take the comfort factor very seriously with clients and make sure that it's all going to sit well and that sort of thing.
0: Do you feel like you challenge yourself? You take risk in your design? Oh, always. Yes.
1: I really feel like in a way that's my job. Like, you know, you, you, most most people these days, especially these days, you can see everything everywhere. You can go on Instagram, yeah. you can go on Architectural Digest online, all the magazines, all the everything and really see everything. So clients are coming to us these days, having seen all of that and saying, this is what I like. These are the things that I sort of gravitate towards. But what they don't know is there is a world of other ideas, other furnishings, other light Mm -hmm. fixtures, other rugs, other things out there. So I will always sort of, you know, give a client what I think they want um, from my perspective, but also challenge them and, and say, you know, I know you might not have been thinking about this, but what if we laid out this room this way? And what if we put this amazing mural on the ceiling so that when you're dining and you look up, you know, the ceiling sparkles or something right. like that. And, and people come, people come back and forth, you know, it's, it's, um, I think my, <laughs> that's my track record. I think my track record is probably 80% of my right. ideas <laughs> get, get approved, get approved. Some of them I will admit, you know, my, I, I hope none of my, none of my, none of my existing clients, but once in a while I'm sort of like, I don't know if this is going to work or not. I think it's going to work. So I'm just going to go for it and we're going to do everything we can to make sure it works. And it, it it always does. But once in a while, I'm sort of like, mm, is this going to, is this going to work though? I think it's
0: going to work now? Oops, so. I got to prove it now.
1: <laughs> Especially when the client says yes. And I'm like, oh God, they said yes. <laughs> so uh,
0: what motivates you and, and inspires you no, as a designer really and creative visionary?
1: <laughs> oh, um, so many things. I mean, travel definitely, I think Mm -hmm. is a way for different ideas and originality to come out. It's very easy to be on. I mean, I love, don't get me wrong. I love going down a Pinterest rabbit hole with my coffee on a Sunday morning and pinning crazy things. Or if I have an idea, you know, seeing what, you know, other people might've come up with, with the same idea. Um, But it's very easy for that to be ingrained into your head. So I think that Traveling is a way of seeing things that are historical and different and interesting. And whether it's you know touring beautiful villas and homes and things like that in in other places, or mm-hmm. whether it's being at a gorgeous luxury, luxury new hotel or 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 what, I feel like traveling is the place that I get the most sort of original inspiration these days. But it's everywhere, you know. I love going to shows. I love going to. I was just at Maison Objet in. Um, Paris, okay. which I haven't done in years, and is always like it always seems so tedious. But I always come out of it incredibly inspired because there are new fun things to see. It's interesting. It's it's amazing what people are coming up with, and also like taking taking that leap of you know establishing themselves and and right. getting a booth at Maison Objet or wherever it is, and and um, and and selling it. We're and, gonna pause and, for a, a moment because passionate about something. So I love hear. all the shows too, and those sort of things.
0: I was thinking about going in January. Is it January? Is Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was thinking about going in January and it's going to be awfully cold. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. January is very fun. I did that for many years and, and Deco off it's become such a, such an event now. Um, my two principal designers that, that work for me go pretty much every year. And I sort of like, I'm like, feel like I've kind of handed that torch go enjoy, but some of the exactly. tours, I'm very jealous of some of the tours and things that they see. There's, there's a lot of access uh, from vendors and fabric houses and things.
0: So you, ha- you mentioned you have a staff of two that go to uh, Paris every year. How big is your staff?
1: I have uh, 12 people. I have two principal designers that have been with me for a long time and uh, an amazing uh, uh, senior project manager who's been with me for a long time and, and designers and uh, uh, other project managers and junior staff underneath that.
0: So that's a lot of juggling.
1: It's a lot of juggling but you know what it's a great team. It's um I'm I'm happy to say that there we don't have a lot of turnover. People enjoy working. In fact during the pandemic people had we had to like Ha- have people stay away because I think people really wanted to come into the office, <laughs> which I thought was kind of crazy, but you know, I welcome them.
0: <laughs> they love you, Jay. They want to be but, with you.
1: <laughs> well, I wasn't there,
0: <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> but it is a great, it's a great team. It's, um, it's a lot of creative energy. I, I bought a warehouse building out just on the, um, outskirts of the tenderloin in San Francisco in 2007. So big open, floor plan and Mm -hmm. big skylights. So there's lots of natural light and it's just, it's a great place to come to work. So I understand why people would want to come in, but you know, it's very, um, everyone is involved, you know, it's, it's, um, we kind of have a no drama workplace where if there are issues, we figure out the issues. We all, you know, kind of work things out together and have a great team and, and, um, you know if mistakes happen they happen own up to it we fix it we move on this is not this is not you know brain surgery this is not rocket science it's design right. you know our job is to make people happy so it's i have a great team
0: well congratulations to you to opening a new york office uh Thank when you. was that started
1: that was this year i um i selfishly have never li- i've never lived in new york and growing up in texas um i you know, you're sort of always taught that New Yorkers are crazy when you're from Texas. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I went there for the first time my sophomore year in high school. And I was like, this place is great. I don't know what people are talking about. So I'd always planned on and I love the theater and that sort of thing. So I really was drawn to that. Um, So I'd always planned on living there and moving to San Francisco, you know, I got a, got a job. I I moved to San Francisco thinking like two or three years and then I'm going to go to New York and try New York and then maybe LA and then I'll figure out where I really want to live. And, you know, I moved to San Francisco, got a job, fell in love, that whole thing, and then went back to school. So, so New York never materialized as a place to, uh, to live. And it's funny. I've, I've told so many friends that I'm going to live there someday. Um, Last year, I was at a friend's house over Thanksgiving in the Hamptons, and I just sort of had it ingrained in my head that I needed to buy a place in New York in order to move to New York. <laughs> and my friend was like, Why don't you rent something for a year? Like, literally looked at me like right. that with his eyebrows thrown and said, Why don't you just rent something for a year? And it was as if no one, it was as if it was a brand new concept for me. And I was like, Oh, rent something for a year. What an idea. So, um, I was there in January the following year, this year, and uh, decided to start looking for a place, thinking that it was going to take me six months. And every time I come into town, I'll just look at a few more places. And then when All I right. see the one that's my apartment, I'll know. And the second apartment I looked at is the apartment that I'm in right now in the West Village. So saw the apartment, and the intention was find a place to live, open an office, So the office is in my living room of my apartment right now. And (laughs) at the same time, Jamie Drake is a very good friend of mine. And I, I saw him right around the time I rented the apartment and told him about the apartment. And he was like, so, you know, Kip's Bay Showhouse is coming back to New York this year. And you're going to do that. Right. Right. (laughs) It's like, that's a great idea. Absolutely. So. Agreed to do the Kim Space Showhouse as well, and that kind of was my kickoff to the New York office, and had a great time doing that with uh, a lot of great designers, super fast turnaround. But really, it was kind of like a great introduction to New York. I've done projects in New York before, mm-hmm. um, but always for like my clients here that are buying Pedetere and that sort of thing. So um, it was, it was, it was a fun thing to do, and I'm excited to be in New York a little bit more.
0: So, is it most your projects residential?
1: Everything is residential. I did, I've done a couple of things. Like I, I own a hotel in Healdsburg, that I designed mm-hmm. the entire thing. So that was my, my first hospitality project. Um, I've done a couple of bars here in San Francisco. I have a good friend who owns a, a beautiful spa here and, um, I've known her for 25 years and I've designed and redesigned and remodeled her spa and several homes for her over the years. So those are my few little forays into, uh, Non-residential work. Everything else has been residential.
0: So, doing the Kip's pay is that coming from the advertising marketing field initially? Is, do you believe that's a good marketing tool for designers to participate in local show houses?
1: Absolutely. I think yeah. it's. Um, I think it's a. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's. It's one of those things that, you know, you never know. You know, right. somebody may see something right then and hire you two months later because they happen to be buying a home and happen to love what you've done in, in this one. But sometimes it's five years later. I definitely can, right. re- can remember people saying, I saw that show house you did. I also saw, you know, my friend also hired you and I love her house. So there's always, it's always that sort of, there's a connection, Correct. you know, I think I've been very lucky. There were a couple of a couple of show houses I did in San Francisco where the house was on the market and two of them the person that bought the house hired me to do the rest of the house. Um, I think that's very rare. And in fact, the first one, they didn't hire me for my room. They hired me for something else that they'd seen. (laughs) they were like, (laughs) we didn't like that room that you did, but we're hiring you for (laughs) something
0: else. So So how do you balance your time between coast to coast?
1: um, I kind of, I kind of look like my, my, my original plan was I'm going to be a week in New York and then I'll be three weeks here and then we'll see how it goes. And, and I was hoping I would be able to say like, okay, first week of the month, every, every month or something like that. But that has not worked. But we mm-hmm. are, we're in the midst of a bunch of projects in the Bay Area, um, in San Francisco, but also in Carmel Valley and Tahoe and, and other spots. So, And we're between August and the end of the year, we're installing, I think, four or five projects. So I find myself here in San mm-hmm. Francisco a lot right now. And I think next year there will be, it'll be, it'll slow down a little bit. And we've got, we're still going to be very busy in the beginning of the year. And then I hope that some of the new projects are in the New York area as well.
0: So 25 years, which is a phenomenal span of a career in this industry. Is there one particular project that you can think of that's, this is my legacy or have you not reached that point yet?
1: Oh gosh. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I've, you know, I've done some incredible projects in my time, but nothing that I think, you know, this is my legacy. This will be something that people are talking about (laughs) in 20 years, 30 years, 50 years from now. My, um, my, uh, my Astor library as, as I I sort of always aspire to like, okay, what's the iconic room going to be in this house? Or what's the iconic Uh thing going to be about this project. And I always think about, um, Albert Hadley and that Brooke Astor red Mm -hmm. lacquer library. Um, so yeah, no, I've had some great projects, but I don't think that there's, I mean, the hotel is probably the Madrona is a hotel in Healdsburg that I saw during the pandemic. And, um, with no intention of purchasing it, it just happened to be empty (laughs) because it was closed. My, a good friend of mine who I did his home in San Francisco as a real estate agent. He was about to put it on the market. It was Memorial day weekend. We were doing absolutely nothing. He's like, come see this hotel. And it just is. It's this magical little place in Hillsburg, California on Mm -hmm. eight acres up on a hill. It was a private estate that was built in 1880. Um, and it was a private estate for a hundred years and then converted into a bed and breakfast in, um, and was in need of some love. And I honestly left there thinking, okay, I'm going to come up with a fantastic design for this. And whoever buys it, I'm going to get an introduction by my real estate agent friend, and they're going to hire me to design it. And slowly but surely, some, you know, some consultants and people and, and things came into my being and my brothers and the real estate finance world. And he started helping me and ended up becoming a partner with me. And my other partner was in the hospitality industry, but it was a personal friend that happened to be living with me during the pandemic. Cause he just had moved back to San Francisco in like February of 2020. Wow. We were, we were in the Napa Valley. Um, so slowly but surely purchased the hotel with a bunch of investors as well and started remodeling it in 2021 and opened it in 2022, April, of, April, 2022. And you know, It was one of those, like, sort of, it was meant to be kind of things because Mm -hmm. I had time to work on it, you know? If it had had not been a pandemic, Memorial Day weekend, I'm sure I would have been having a party or out of town or something. (laughs) I probably would have never seen the hotel, you know? It probably would have been one of those things that I had no time to design or come up with ideas, and I pretty much designed the entire thing on my dining room table at my house in St. Helena, California, up in the Napa Valley um and just had like the most magical experience doing it like it was so it was so fun it was well for mm. one thing i didn't have a client that was kind of wonderful but i also <laughs> i also didn't have a client budget <laughs> but, you know like i came up with ideas and concepts and and played and sketched and drew and and reached out to friends like Javier Robles from um, uh Lumifer Lighting because i had mm. this idea for a chandelier but i could never have afforded you know one of his <laughs> fixtures for the dining room. And he said, You're, it's, it's, your timing is perfect because I've been wanting to do a hospitality line and this is the perfect foray into it. He created, you know, this line, these beautiful fixtures for the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I had a few friends like that that helped and, you know, that I basically begged, borrowed and stealed, And said, <laughs> please, please, you have to do this for me. So it was an incredible experience. And I think that will be, you know, I don't know if that's my legacy for the rest of my life, but it's, I'm pretty proud of it.
0: Sounds like all the stars aligned, you know, they, timing and everything else.
1: Yeah, they really did.
0: So is there anything in particular that you want to achieve or you still want to do or try your hand out?
1: You know, I love fabrics and I don't have a fabric line. I, I, haven't, uh, I haven't gone down that road, um, but that's kind of... I feel like I've always kind of started with fabrics, even more so than furniture or rugs or anything else. I've always been like drawn to them and love going to, I don't do it so much anymore, but I used to love going to the showrooms and go through all the wings and get new fabrics Mm -hmm. and see what's new and different and that sort of thing. But So I would love to have a fabric line. I think that would be um, fun and interesting and um, really great.
0: I think a lot of designers also want to do a book and you've accomplished uh, being published twice. Yes. How was that yeah. process? And did you know what you wanted to put into each one or it just kind of came together?
1: Um the first one Jill Cohen is a is a kind of a book agent in our in our industry and I mm-hmm. actually met her <laughs> at a design leadership retreat in venice and we were riding on the boats together from the from the airport to the hotel and um she mentioned what she does she was like i was like oh i'd love to send you you know what i've done before and and maybe we can talk about it i, I how wonderful would it be to have a book again kind of thinking like i have <clears throat> excuse me i have no idea if that would work for me or or if i have enough uh, material right. and that sort of thing and after this retreat, a couple months later, I was like, oh yeah, I was going to send that stuff to Jill. I sent her all <laughs> my stuff and she called me immediately. She's like, absolutely. We're doing a book. This is super exciting. You know, I can see all the color and, and the pattern that you use and I can, can, can kind of see how it tells a story. Let's work on this. And so we worked on a presentation and presented it to Rizzoli and they immediately said yes. So I was thrilled with that. And then went through the process of designing it with uh, Doug Tertian, who's an amazing designer and, mm-hmm. and designed it. And with my publicist at the time, Elisa Carroll well, is an amazing writer. And so she wrote the book. So it was really interesting because Elisa had known me for years um, and we had a great body of work, but the body of work was fairly eclectic. It was, it was um, you know, there, there were very different homes throughout the entire thing my second book, I feel like, you know, was 15 years into my career. And I shot most of the projects within like a two year time frame, And so there really was a consistency and I felt like a maturity to my work as well. Mm-hmm. So I was really, really excited about a second book and sort of it being, you know, the next level of Jay Jeffers and, and what that looks like. And being bold, uh, cause the, the book is called Be Bold, being bold, but also being sort of edited and a little bit more modern than what I'd done before and that sort of thing. So it's very fun. I would, I would, I would, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of work. It absolutely <laughs> does so much work, but it's really fun to sort of, it's a stroll down memory lane for me. Right. It, it's like, you know, um, um, going back and looking at things and being like, Oh my God, I forgot about that piece of furniture. I love that. Oh yeah. We bought that Julian Hoover sculpture that went on the living room. I forgot about that. I was, that was amazing. And that sort of thing. So that part of it's fun. Um, I'm kind of getting into a place where we're finishing up all these projects and I'm going to be shooting a bunch of projects in the spring. Um, and I think I'm somebody, people ask me like, are you ready to do another book? And <laughs> The answer was no for a while, but I think once I get these projects shot, it'll probably be like, okay, maybe we can start Let's come
0: together again. Looking at this again,
1: <laughs> yeah, see what the see what J three point is. There now. you
0: go. <laughs> well, g- given that you're working on both coasts and there's a distinct rivalry, I guess you could say. Do you see that in the design world as well, where? you know, things are happening in New York that are not happening on the West coast and vice versa and their own design aesthetics and definitely lifestyles, but just the way that people look to the end user, look at design.
1: Good question. Um, I, I mean, I think I've always thought of and I still think it's true that New York especially is a little more dressy for lack of a better word in, in the world of design Mm -hmm. and whether that is, you know, modernism to a perfect point and and minimalism like you've never seen it before to maximalism and traditional and that sort of thing and I feel mm-hmm. like at least in my own design but I feel like it's very true for California and the West Coast you know it is a little bit more relaxed it is a little bit more even you know a modernist in New York may have a couple of throw pillows. I mean, a modernist in San Francisco may have a couple of throw pillows, right. on the floor, whereas, whereas you may not in, uh, in New York. So, um, I don't know if, the, I don't know if I would call it a rivalry though. I think it's just a, a way people live and how they function through life and that sort of thing. And I think, uh, you know, entertaining is, is big on the West coast and, People are, we're always having parties and people over and not that it's not big on in New York, but I think people are a little bit more going out than they Correct. are staying home and that sort of thing.
0: Spatial reasons, probably a lot of spatial lot of reasons. reasons probably have a lot to do
1: with it. Yeah. I thought about like, okay, how am I going to have a cocktail party for 50 people in my apartment in New York? <laughs> I'm going to have to edit that down to 20.
0: <laughs> elbow to elbow. uh, what are some of the current interior design trends that you find particularly exciting or interesting?
1: Um, I'm seeing a lot of, and I, and I usually try not to follow trends. It's funny when people ask that, I'm like, uh, I don't know what the trends are, but I'm seeing (laughs) a lot of like craft these days. I think the collaborations amongst people like, you know, fashion designers working with interior design and that sort of thing. I think that's super interesting. And, and people like, you know, Douglas Friedman doing a line of rugs with, um, uh, Kyle Bunting and mm-hmm. things like that, where it's somebody that may not be in the interior design or is, it is is on the periphery of the interior design Correct. world, but not necessarily a designer, um, coming up with the different ideas and, and, and the craft of it and that sort of thing. And, and beautiful sculptural pieces, Carlos Otero is, a uh, Ceramicist that I met uh, early in the year at a dinner, and he was an architect for many years and then decided he was gonna change everything and is now doing these absolutely incredible ceramics, you know, uh, wall sculptures, but also lamps and sculptural pieces Mm -hmm. um, that I think are just insane. So I love seeing things like that. You know, Jeremy Anderson is another one that was part of apparatus uh, lighting for a while and is doing just absolutely breathtaking light fixtures these days and ceramics and things like that. So I think that's super interesting. I think that's a lot of fun. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, you talk about Douglas, you know, a guy from New York goes to Texas, your own home state yes. <laughs> and loves Martha, it there. Mark, no doubt. Yeah. Do you <laughs> collaborate on projects? Have you ever collaborated with other design firms on projects?
1: Yeah. Um, Architecture firms, yes, but not mm-hmm. other designers that I can think of. I think the closest collaboration would be doing show houses because you're always sort of like, you know, what are you doing next to me and that sort of thing. But Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: So when you first go into a project and meet the client, what's the first thing you try to tell them and educate them in design and space and lifestyle, even though they – might bring you a picture. I want this. And you look at it's like, no, that's not going to fit you. It's like a haircut. You know, it's not going to go. Yeah. How do you work with that with a client? I
1: think I usually, I mean, I always start with how do you live your life? You know, let's tell me about, do you have children? How many, what are their ages? That sort of thing. Are you the entertainer? Like, does Mm -hmm. everybody come to your home for all the holidays? Are you very private? You know, really getting to know the clients is the most important thing. And then, you know, I, you know, sometimes I'll ask the clients, how do you dress or, or if they if we're meeting and they're dressed, but sometimes our right. first meetings might be on, you know, zoom these days and that sort of thing. Like, do you have favorite fashion designers or where do you travel? What do you like to, where do you like to go? Are you a beach traveler? Are you a city mm-hmm. traveler? Are you both? Are you in, do, are, do you cruise? Like all of those kind of things. Um, and then I think, you know, I'm at a place in my career where it's not, it's rare that somebody says, I want this and shows me a picture of something and in fact (laughs) that they're going to get that from me. Usually it's like, you know, and I tell them, I ask people to go through and, 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 and find inspiration for me that they like, if they have time to do it, it's very rare that someone does it. I was like, and I'm like, even if it's just like, go through my, my own Instagram and you can tell me, I like this. I don't like this because Mm -hmm. oftentimes hearing what they don't like is actually more helpful than what they do. Like, um, you know, like if somebody says, don't even think about painting a yellow, my dining room yellow, because I cannot stand that color. (laughs) Then I know, okay, I won't, I won't do that. Um, I will get clients often that want to keep certain pieces of furniture and things like that. And once in a while, you know, a lot of times I'm like, that would look great in the guest room, and just wait for a response.
0: <laughs> in that corner behind the door.
1: <laughs> but I feel, I feel like, I can't remember, it was, it was a project a while ago, but a client said to me, um, Jay, the guest room is getting very full. <laughs> exactly. So let's let enough with the existing furniture pieces. <laughs> But once in a while, I have to say, and usually the way I approach it with the client is that they've outgrown it. You know, if there's, you know, there's a piece of furniture that someone's very attached to and they want Mm -hmm. it to be very prominent and it just doesn't fit in. My feeling is, you know, you have brought me in for a specific reason. You're at another level in your life. You're at a different place. This is not you anymore. This is, you know, this is what's more you is what I'm telling you to do.
0: (laughs) This is the way it's going to go. <laughs> well, I mean, you are a professional. They're hiring you for your professional advice, so you got to listen yeah. to the doctor, as he say. Definitely,
1: definitely happened to me more in the in the early days of my career, where someone may have been like, "I would like you to do this for me," and, and right. I would, I would sort of approach it as like, "Okay, how can I do my version of that for them?" Because mm-hmm. you know, uh, all of us, all of us designers have had some clients say, I just stayed at the Four Seasons in blank and I want my house to look like that or I want my bedroom to be like exactly like that. It's sort of like, okay, how can we have, you know, an interesting non-hospitality feeling Four Seasons bedroom for this client?
0: Right. (laughs) Does sustainability uh, play an important factor in your design?
1: I'd like to say yes. I think that um, it's, I don't... I don't probably pay enough attention to it as I should. Um, mm-hmm. And in our industry, I I continue to try to educate myself on it. You know, my, my, my biggest thing in terms of sustainability is I love to use antiques and vintage pieces and reuse and that sort of thing. I love vintage. I love antique rugs. And so we try to do that. I will say many years ago, I had uh, a few clients that were very interested in designing their home in a sustainable way. And a lot of times, you know, we would show fabrics and things like that, that were a little more sustainably correct. Um, and they just weren't of the caliber that my clients really wanted their home to be. So we would Mm -hmm. look for other ways of doing that. I think that that's changing, you know, daily and, and annually now, and there are so many other products, you know, rugs made of bamboo and that sort of thing that have just this amazing silky quality and that. So try to be a part of it and educate myself on it. Right.
0: (laughs) Are there any favorite design materials or elements that you consistently try to incorporate into your design that are your go-tos?
1: Another good question. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, as I mentioned before, fabrics are a big thing for me. So I'm into mm-hmm. the hand and the weight and the feel. And I feel like that's always the place to spend money if you need to. I don't mind buying a cheap piece of furniture if it's going to be like a vintage chair or something at a flea market and then put like a fabulous fabric on it. You know, I think that's fun and interesting and, and elevates the piece and that sort of thing. You know I think using antiques and vintage furniture and accessories and art and that sort of thing is the consistency through my work. Materials I try to I try to you know stay up on what's new and different and, and that sort of thing and but also not be so trendy and so like it's of the moment or of right. a moment because I always think to myself like, Oh, in a few years, is somebody going to be like, Oh, that bathroom is very, you know, 2023, right. you know, I try <laughs> to be more classic. I try to be a little bit more classic, but still have some fun right. with materials because really like, you know, in 10 years, probably most of my clients will either have moved or they're ready to remodel it anyways. <laughs> but, you know, but I don't want that to happen in three years where they're like, Oh, I'm sick of this, or this is so trendy or I'm seeing what you did for me everywhere else. Like right, that's the one right. thing that we're here.
0: So what are some of the projects you're currently working on?
1: We have, I'm probably, I'm working on, I'm finishing it up at the beginning of next year, probably my longest project to date. I think we're in year six, but this is a wow. beautiful um, estate in Carmel Valley um, in a development called the Santa Lucia Preserve, which I think is something like 20,000 acres of, preserved land and there are also um, home sites on it Mm -hmm. so we're building for these clients a beautiful home guest house they're also um, she loves horses so there's a stable as well i'm working with richard beard architects here in san francisco and it's been like it's one of those projects that contractors great clients are absolutely wonderful this is project number two for us for them architect great you know it just kind of everything fell into place they're it's been a wonderful project, and we did it from the ground up. And kind of started out. There's a stone building that's the great room. but I wanted that to feel like it's been there for a hundred years. And then we wow. kind of built the rest of the property off of it. So that's been it's been really fun. That's been great working on a home in here in uh, San Francisco for two brothers. They bought a two-unit building, and um, it's a historic building, brick building in Pacific Heights. And the way that we've uh, kind of, re- it's been a gut renovation, but the mm-hmm. way we renovated both um, units is the beginning, it stays much more in the traditional state with the crown moldings and things like that. And as you walk down towards the back of the house where the primary bedroom and bathroom is at the very back of the apartment, it's all, both of them are one level. It gets more modern as you go. So mm-hmm. that's been a lot of fun and fun to work for two brothers who have you know very distinct different tastes You know, a lot of the materials are similar, but the decoration is quite different. That's been a lot of
0: fun. So Uh, the amount of projects that you have, do you limit the amount of projects you take on each year or you just say yes to a lot?
1: I do say yes to a lot. It's hard to (laughs) – if it's an interesting project, it's hard to say no. But I also think about, okay – where are we in the state of other projects? Like, you know, it's, it's very hard to sort of take three new projects on at the same time kind of thing. And it, Mm -hmm. but it also depends on those projects too. Like, you know, I love a project that's remodel and materials and, and designing, you know, kitchen, bathroom layouts, that sort of thing. But I also love, when someone calls me and says, I just bought a house. I don't want to do anything to it but decorate. That's when I'm like, okay, yes, we can absolutely do that. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are we will probably do some sort of remodeling to it as well, right. unfortunately, because I just got to get those bones right. But um, I just, yeah, it totally depends. I think I, I probably take on way too many things. But you know, <laughs> if it's a good, exciting project, it's hard to say no.
0: Oh, it shows that you love what you do. So I yeah. mean, that's a, that's an important factor. Given that you have New York and San Francisco now, are you doing work between the, between the two as well nationally?
1: Uh, between the two, not right now. I've got um, everything, everything that we're working on right now is Bay area. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's um, it comes and goes. I was, for a few years ago, I was working on a project in, Aspen and Dallas and Montana and San Francisco, you know, some, I was, I've done projects in Florida and New York. So it really just depends. I will, I will go wherever anybody wants me to go for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Feel free, call me up.
0: (laughs) Do you battle yourself in your own environments of changing things out? Are you pretty much solid in your home environment?
1: Another good question. I do change things up. And I think what I do more is I sell things and then buy something new and then try to literally <laughs> start over. Like, I'm um, I'm coming to you from my apartment in San Francisco that I've been here for since 2018. And just and I've done some things to it just mm-hmm. to kind of spruce it up. But literally, in the last like, six months, I've been like, I think I need something totally new. Like, I've, I've been thinking, like, do I remodel this? I'm like, yeah, maybe I need something totally new in a different neighborhood, in a different area, that sort of thing. I had a home in um, St. Helena and uh, the Napa Valley for many years and loved living there. And I just sold that this year, which I wasn't wow. planning on selling it. I just got a call from an agent who was like, are you interested in selling your house? And of course, I said no. And then, you know, somebody really wanted it. So of course I said, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it
0: made sense.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, I, and I, and I sold it right at the beginning of summer. And then I was like, okay, I really wish I had done this in the fall, oh, but although the yeah. fall is beautiful there too, but you know, so sure. I'm excited about a new venture someplace else, whether that be, you know, in Sonoma or somewhere else.
0: Well, speaking of new ventures, what else is on your plate? What else is ahead for you?
1: Um, um, New York is going to be the big focus for next year and photographing mm-hmm. projects and that sort of thing. I, um, um, uh, I don't have, I've sort of like, I did a project, I did a line for our teriors. Uh, I've done three different lines for them. My last one came out last year, so we're kind of good on that. So I don't really have any sort of products coming out that I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of enjoying the you know going the new York San Francisco back and forth kind of thing right now, um, establishing myself a little bit more in New York, enjoying my time there, having fun in San Francisco, getting these projects done, so that's kind of where I am right now.
0: Do you have any um advice you would give to aspiring interior designers that want to get started in this career in this field?
1: Oh, let's see what advice would I give them? Um, you know, I think I, I, I always tell people if they don't have, you know, these days, social media, I think is so important in terms of what you're doing and, Mm -hmm. or what you love. It doesn't necessarily have to be like what you're designing. and I always tell young people, you know, I, I will, if we're hiring somebody, I will look at their Instagram and if there's not a lot of design inspiration, I really question that. Like how, how are you not posting about design, you know? And I think it's okay you know, and I've told people this, I think it's okay to post other people's work. Just make sure you give them credit. Like I love the, you know, this living room that Jay Jeffers did or or Mm -hmm. something (laughs) like that. You know, I think getting yourself out there is the most important thing and taking some risk and having fun. I mean, when I started doing this, I really, I probably was a few years too young to really go out on my own. In fact, the first five years I was like, you know, petrified that I was going to make a mistake or I was going to do something drastically wrong that was very expensive and I was going to have to pay for it or things like that. But I think that made me so like, you know, anal retentive, Mm -hmm. like perfectionist about everything that I did. And it was fun to sort of take some risks and I would do anything. If somebody called me and said, can you do my bedroom or can you help me pick paint colors? I would do it all. So that's, that's something else I would suggest to people. Like if you, If you're going out on your own if you haven't worked for somebody first advice would be work for somebody you know Mm -hmm. learn the learn the ropes of interior get your feet wet (laughs) wet. um i always tell people work for a small firm because you're probably going to get your feet wet and doing more things versus a really big firm you probably will be put in a place where you're doing one thing now that on the on the flip side of that, you'll probably be working for some really incredible clients for a mm-hmm. really big firm for those big firms out there. But you know, I think a smaller firm you really get to learn a lot more and be involved in a lot more and that True. sort of thing. And Do then if you you're make- going out on your own, don't be afraid to take any kind of job that, that, that you learn from,
0: you know. Right. Just say yes.
1: <laughs> Just say yes. <laughs> <laughs> is
0: is there a particular project that you can think of that actually influenced you? in your thought process and uh, design aesthetics?
1: Um, many years ago, this was probably, gosh, it's in my first book. So it was probably 15 years ago. We did a uh, complete gut remodel for a family in San Francisco. <clears throat> they were Indian and they wanted their home to reflect their cultural heritage, but not feel like you were walking into an an Indian home Mm. Indian home. Um, And they had a beautiful collection of modern um, Indian art that they had, they had um, uh, collected. And so we did a lot of really beautiful custom work for them and you know, water jet cut marble and carvings and things like that, that were very Mm. influential. And it was, it was a study in color and texture. Um, uh, one of the, one of the rooms that we were doing was a billiards room. It was sort of like, you know, almost like a man cave kind of feeling. And I remember with my senior designer at the time, we were pulling together schemes and I was pulling together, you know, a very sort of quote unquote masculine scheme that were blues and grays and things like that. But, and she said to me, she was like, they're never going to pick this. Mm-hmm. I was like, why it's beautiful. It's sumptuous. It's gorgeous. Like they are pink and greens and oranges (laughs) and vibrant colors. And so we did this whole pink scheme for this man cave and they did not even look at the blue. And it was sort of this, it was a, it was a light bulb and an aha moment in my head that like there was in their culture, there is not this masculine feminine view towards colors it was Mm -hmm. more of the vibrancy and the life and the energy that the room gave you in these colors so that was really that was definitely an education for me
0: is there a particular project in your past you're like never again sure (laughs) (laughs) why is that sir (laughs) i mean i
1: I know immediately yes but now i have to think of one Um, <laughs> Usually those are a little bit of a situation of it wasn't a right fit with the client you know and I'm I'm saying that very diplomatically but mm-hmm. you know and it's you know it's not it's not that the client was well I've had nightmare clients that I don't <laughs> work with anymore and that I'm very happy not to but also you know I've done projects where it just wasn't a fit mm-hmm. it just wasn't a fit it wasn't the right thing and luckily Either they noticed it and they told me, or I noticed it and I told them before yeah. we got to a place where we couldn't really turn back.
0: I think that's a good thing for in, uh, d- individuals that are early in their career about t- interior design. You can fire a client. Yeah, <laughs> that does happen. You can fire a client. It's it's funny
1: when I when I do get together with my designer friends and we talk about you know our careers or things like that. You know, you always talk about that client that did not work out and you're and we all saw the red flags we're all like we saw the red flags (laughs) but you also see dollar signs we also (laughs) think you know we are we are also psychologists you know i think if you if you are successful in the interior design world you really like the part of getting into the client's heads and sort Mm -hmm. of like if it's a couple you know, learning about what's what both of them are into and what they like and what their what their yes and no buttons are going to be, how you're going to meld their styles together, all those things. Like, I enjoy that part of it. And if you don't enjoy that, you probably have gone into some other field, whether it be furniture design, you know, something creative within the industry, but not where you have residential interior design clients.
0: It's very That's intimate, it. uh, too. Yeah, the-
1: yeah. I forgot my point. I had a point, but then I forgot what it was. Maybe you'll come
0: back. <laughs> <to me. laughs> uh, technology is advancing so rapidly. How do you see emerging technologies influencing the future of interior design and how it's being applied?
1: I mean, it's everywhere. Obviously the one thing I haven't really started to study that I'm super interested in how it's going to affect our world is AI, of course, and yeah, yeah. that GPT and all of those things. And, and you know um, how how it's going to change how we design or how we present, or you know how small projects versus large projects are handled, and that sort of thing. I think there's mm-hmm. so much that can be done to uh, enhance our careers, you know I think over the years, you know people have fought like, oh gosh when when rh started uh right. opening up showrooms and having designers and people were like oh god everyone's going to go to rh i can't believe this all of our clients are going to go there it's like no they're not yeah. you know at the end of the day <laughs> they're not you know people started opening showrooms up so it's not to the trade anymore some of the showrooms people can come in and purchase and everyone's like up in arms and like right. all of our clients are going to go away no i think we just learned how to work with these people and with these organizations and things like that so i think that's a part of it um i don't know what other like the other technologies and things are just home technology i feel like it's getting less and simpler and things Mm -hmm. like that people are kind of shying away from it don't want all the bells and whistles that you like have to call a technician to turn on a tv or (laughs) when you're like When your light fixture doesn't work, you don't know what to do kind of thing. I feel like people are kind of starting to back off a little bit, which I think is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah.
0: It hasn't made our lives all that easier sometimes, you know? Sometimes you have to take a a, a full class of how to operate something.
1: (laughs) And then you're on the phone with somebody for two hours and you're like,
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, This is not easy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So in the Jay Jeffers design world, what is a project you really want to do that you just haven't done yet, be it hospitality, a cruise ship? Uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Um, I haven't done a plane, so I think doing a plane would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and super interesting, um, and, and fascinating. I would love to do more hospitality work. You know, my, the only, the only hotel I've done is my own. (laughs) Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. I loved it. I've always loved hotels. I, um, take a tape measure with me whenever I'm staying in a hotel. And I usually, (laughs) I I have a log in my phone of like, you know, what's successful and what's not the depth of the closets, how big the nightstands were, (laughs) like all kinds of things. Um, so I would love to do more hospitality work, you know, and I really love doing, I loved doing the hotel and sort of getting into the head of someone that's staying there and experiencing it and where they're sitting and where they're Mm -hmm. sleeping and how they unpack, you know, all those things I think is really fascinating. So I'd love to do more of that. Um, I love, I mean, I really enjoy 25 years later. I still really enjoy the residential side of it. I think it's just, Fun and wonderful. Haven't done a house in the Hamptons yet, so would love to do. You know, a beautiful home in the Hamptons. Yeah, you know, I haven't. You know, I always say I'd love to do a, an apartment in Paris. You know, but I really would do an apartment anywhere if it's a chic, beautiful apartment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but a plane would be fun. Never done a cruise ship. I don't really think I have a, an interest in doing a cruise ship, but who knows? You know, yeah. I wouldn't say no if somebody called me.
0: <laughs> or maybe just a big mini yacht?
1: Absolutely, mini yacht would be fun.
0: So the artwork that's behind you is this pieces that you've actually curated or you actually painted?
1: Uh not painted. I I am not I am not much of a painter. So you no, know, <laughs> these are things that I've collected over the years. Um it's funny cuz sometimes things are um like this one that you see right behind me, it's painted by a friend of mine, but it's a hummingbird, which hummingbirds remind me of my grandmother, but it's a piece that I took out to a client's and she ended up not buying. And I took it and put it in my car and took it home with me and bought it instead. <laughs> so <laughs> there, are, there are a few pieces like that throughout, but I've had, um, my my apartment in San Francisco is literally filled wall to wall with art right now because everything that came out of my house in Napa is now hanging on my in my 1,000-square-foot apartment in, in San Francisco. <laughs> so it's literally wall-to-wall art right now, which is kind of fun. I like you don't it. have a
0: guest room to stick stuff? <laughs> no guest <depth> room.
1: No. <laughs> I sized down in San Francisco when I bought the place in Napa. So,
0: <laughs> Well, Mr. Jay Jeffers, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Is there anything else you want to add and share with us?
1: No, I think we covered it all. This was great.
0: Well, Thanks so much pleasure. for having me. Absolutely. It's been an honor, and thank you again for taking the time to give us a little chat. Sure thing. Well, we will say goodbye and see you soon.
1: All right. Take care. Thanks, Jay.